Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. My name is Tracy Ariel and I am unapologetically Canadian. Today we are speaking with the mayor of Lachine, Maya uh, Vodanovich. Did I say that right, Maya? Yes, you did. Yes. Vodanovich. <laughs> I know it can yeah. be uh, Vodanovich. Uh, yes. I did not say it right. But uh, um, Maya is a wonderful person. We met when she was still an environmental activist. And uh, now she's actually the mayor of Lachine and she's changing how land use is, uh, land use consultations are taking place. Um, so our recent discussion was when she uh, led the uh, kickoff to a consultation with the office, um, with Montreal's uh, uh, office consultation office. Yeah, exactly. It's their official uh, consultation office. And this is something that's very unusual because there is no plan for the territory in question. Uh, so I think what we should do is start right away with uh, that question. Why did you go this route and um, what kinds of problems does it solve? Okay. Well, to go, we went, it's what we call a consultation en amont. So it's a consultation before we actually have a plan. Because usually what, what we do in Montreal is we plan things out. I mean, the promoter has their urban planners, the city, they work together for a year, two years, and then submit a plan for public consultation. And once all that is done, of course, people have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, sometimes in the millions of, you know, making the best possible thing according to how they see things. You know, no one's ill-willed, you know, they just, they think this is the right way to go. But then it's, in public, then when it comes to a public consultation, people, well, it's already kind of all decided. So it's very hard for people to change things because, you know, this is something that a product of a lot of time and money and it's, it's not easy to change. <clears throat> and it's not always the best plan for the city and for the people. So we... In, from the in, from citizen from residents' point of view, because that's yes, when exactly. that's the first that's the first time residents usually in Montreal that's the first time that residents see it after people have already spent sometimes more than one plan because uh, every borough has its own uh, city planning committee yes. and they actually sometimes have problems with the initial plan that a developer wants to do and so sometimes they've spent multiple uh, times years, trying years, to satisfy years, city yeah. demands. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it and then after years of this, you know, they submit it and there's issues. And even, you know, in um Development Angus with uh, Mr. Yakarini, you know, he was he was there at a conference that we organized and uh he said even they with the best intentions, you know, had made a plan and the citizens were not happy and they had to review it and, you know, even if, you know, they wanted to do something good and ecological, but it was turned back and they spent over a million dollars on the plants, you know? So he says it's actually, a, and this is very recent. He says it's very good to start at the beginning 
with the people. So we're going to do, um, like right now we're just doing the consultations, but once the consultations are over, we're going to do like a, an atelier de travail. So every week, every week or every two weeks, I don't know how exactly it's going to develop, but uh, I know the promoters are willing to meet every month so that around the table, we have the, the urban planner that the, um, the developers hire, uh, the architects, that we have uh, borough uh, urban planners, that we have the central city around the table, because, of course, that's complex in Montreal. There's always two levels of everything. And we have, repres- <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have representations from the citizens. So Imagine La Chineste is an organization that's been around for two years. I was part of it before. Uh, now, I, of course, I can't. I'm, I have to distance myself, but it was... Um, a citizen movement that I very much support because they, it's it's uh, urban planners, engineers, uh, just government workers, but that live in Lachine and that are very interested in, in being a part of the development of their own city and doing something innovative. So they will be around the table, and I think I don't know, but their membership is growing monthly. Like they're becoming quite quite important. And there's also the organizations have regrouped into something called la, under the La CEDEC, Société de Développement Économique. So, oh, okay. yeah, and uh, there's about a, a, over 10 or 12 important organizations in Lachine that have come together and that are pushing for the same things. And they also want a green development because uh, a développement durable, when you say, is, is actually a, a development that has... Uh, inclusion of social housing that has a a mix. It's not just, um, you know, you can't be green if you're just rich and segregated from the others. You don't get the points. It has to be a true, a true durable (laughs) development is a mixed development where you can actually work and live and where all society can be together. And that's actually the best kind of development and it's best for everybody not just for the rich or the poor. It's like the mix, a mixity is very good for all. So work and play. It's and- very hard to create. It's very hard to create that though, because I know that um, a lot of the social housing uh, projects that I've been covering in the last few years um, have been, you know, the, 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 the people who are with the lowest uh, with the fewest resources are the ones that get right next to the train tracks and uh, or they're in one case uh, in Laval they were building something that was you know no no one else wanted to live there but they were thrilled that they were going to be putting in a social housing yeah. complex and but that was always so the case you have to be very careful yeah it's always the yeah. case I mean and so it's very hard yeah. well you can see I don't know it brings to mind Woody Allen movies you know they're always by the railways where their house shakes <laughs> you know when you you in in New York <laughs> Um, but yes, that's always, it's most often the case that the best, the best uh, sites are not for social housing. But right now in Quebec, it is so hard to build social housing because the government money that is put into it is insufficient with the, with the rise of, um, land in Montreal and with the rise of uh, construction costs. So it's, it's, I know a lot of architects who build social housing and it's, I know they lose money on our, on most of the projects because they just can't. Oh yeah. We're so lucky to have some of those people because they're truly contributing yes, to the landscape but, with their own yes, funds. Yes. Well, we've, I, I, I know about that, <laughs> but it's very hard to, um, to in today to create social housing so I can understand that 
you know, it takes years because you have to kind of cut corners and and how can you save money? And, and at one point you just can't. We need, and I think uh, Projet Montréal, Valérie Plante, I've, I've heard her just recently asking for the Quebec government. I think they did in the recent budget give a supplement to uh, social housing, to the, the formula, you know, that they come about. And if we have a better formula, then we can buy better land and we can decontaminate the land. And, you know, the cost of decontamination is huge as well. So it's when you put all the costs together, it's very hard to make it viable. So that's a huge issue. So in planning it out, we have to figure out where it's going to be, where the schools are going to be. That's another issue. Uh, the, the school board doesn't have, doesn't get the money to buy the land. Usually the land is given to them across Quebec, but the land is so expensive in Montreal. So a promoter can't really say, oh, here's a couple of million dollars to the school board. You know, uh, it's very hard. So we're, we're, we're going to try to deal with all those problems from the beginning with everybody and brainstorm together to solve them. Wow. And, 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 and is this the first time that this has been done at this scale? Yes. Well, I, I didn't believe so. I, I was like, well, can, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I, that's what I thought. But uh, the people that came to the conference that were very knowledgeable were saying, were saying uh, definitely that uh, on this scale, we're the first. But uh, I don't know. I, I haven't done because research. Because it's a huge you know, plot of land. I can't, I can't definitely say. But... No, no, I couldn't find. No, I couldn't find any other okay, examples so then may... And as a matter of fact, I... I, I talked to several people who actually thought that it couldn't possibly work either because they've done this kind of thing for years and they've got that mentality that residents actually purposely uh, go against developers. And I think that that's because the system itself forced that situation. And I think everybody, I think you're going to prove that this is the right yeah, way to I, go. I think so. I'm very biased about this. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think the best way to, to do something is to talk to each other. And that everybody finds finds something within the project that's good for them. You know, you can't you can't work with something with a losing. If there, if someone has a losing end of the deal, it's not good. We all have to find what the best way to work is, and it has to be good for the city. And if it's not good for the city, well, then it should not be built. So, yeah. Right, right, and uh, it's 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 fascinating that you have uh, uh, that you're leading this particular initiative. Oh, actually, before we get off yes. of Lachine East, we should say how big the territory is because yes. it's well, massive. It's, right now, what we're developing is 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 sixty hectares of land, but it's actually bigger than that because it goes all the way from Sixth Avenue all the way to Angrignon uh, interchange along the canal. So it's it's a much much bigger piece of land along the Turcotte yards that's being kind of, you know, everybody who's there that is, has an industry is thinking, Hmm, do I stay here? Do I sell? Do I leave? What are we going to do? So there's a lot of land beyond the 60 acres that is being uh, rethought of and reconsidered. So eventually it's, it's, it's a lot bigger. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to change the whole scene yes. of uh, Southwest. And I know a lot of people, a lot of residents are getting involved because they really want to create um, new kinds of uh, eco uh, living in Montreal. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the uh, how the discussion continues and whether or not it can be financially yes. viable for and everyone. I mean, 
it's, it's a, a challenge. challenge. There's a there's a definite risk. You know, some people are saying, "Oh my God, you're getting into this." You know, it's such a big risk. Well, you know, my dad always said, "If the bigger the risk, the bigger the gain." So let's <laughs> let's risk. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I and and you did get into politics to do this yes. kind of thing, didn't you? Yes. I mean, now let's go into your story because I know about you from before you were even in politics when you were still running a local, um, uh, I, 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 I guess it was an association. You are just you are involved in the nonprofit. Yes, I, but maybe we should talk yeah, start there yes. because that's not that long ago. No, well, it's, I, I I calculated it's about. 15 years ago, I started the fight against uh, pesticides, you know, on um, in urban in urban areas. So I, I'm from Beaconsfield and in Beaconsfield in spring, it would smell of of, uh, you know, chemicals instead of flowers because everyone was spraying their lawn so to kill all the dandelions. And it was, and yeah, and I had Gosh. neighbors who had had um, who lost their children to anyways, it's, it's a horror, horror stories around around my neighborhood and um so i i got into this movement to to ban pesticides in beaconsfield and in hudson had banned it and il bizarre banned it and then Mont- and then i was part of the movement that banned it in montreal and that helped um it was andre boisclair at the time he has most most progressive law within north america for quebec on the use of of uh, chemical on um, how we call it, aesthetic pesticides, so that was I was that was yeah, that was exactly. a huge gain, and that's when I thought, wow, like it, it is within the political system that you can really it's by being involved in the decision making process that you can actually implement change. You know, not just talking. You know, one thing is talking to your neighbors and creating a little group, and then you know doing a little bit of change within your community, but but then to go on a higher level and try to change it for Montreal, Quebec, maybe Canada, that has a greater impact, you know? So I was always on a, I worked on a small scale and we, we did pesticides and then I went into water with school children, you know? And I think that's when we met with the Ruisseau um, Meadowbrook in, um, in Beaconsfield. We wanted to clean it up and we, yeah, we figured out exactly. what was wrong with the stream, why it was polluted. Well, because about 150 homes had their, uh, toilets connected to it, you know, <laughs> the sewage was going in directly into the stream. Oh, and, uh, so I found, I found this out with the kids and as we were doing our little investigation and then we said, well, you know, how are we going to change this? And the kids went and spoke to spoke to me, I invited, you know, the federal government and the provincial government and the municipal government and the kids asked them questions. And at the time, the person who was most interested in helping us was actually Chantal Rouleau, because she worked the Le Ministre de la Métropole. <laughs> She's now, yeah, and she was right. at the time working for Stratégie Saint-Laurent for um, to clean out the St. Lawrence River. So she was very, very, very helpful. And uh she helped us with the stream and uh, later on with other streams. And um, finally, as a counselor, I worked with her and she developed uh, Le Plan plan de l'eau de la métropole, which is a very ambitious uh, water management plan for Montreal. So, oops, hello. Are you, yeah. Well, and that's... And th- 
Yeah, and that's really, really interesting because uh, we've just had a whole bunch of flooding and there's actually a, a couple of institutions here in Verdun that are closed at the moment Ooh. because of flooding. And I think that um, managing water is, I mean, there's the waste management, which most boroughs don't even have. Uh, the, the Auditor General two years ago said most boroughs don't even have uh, plans of where their sewage yeah. goes, <laughs> um, which I think is a shocker, you know. And But, I mean, there's not even that side, but there's also the fact that we don't have a clear idea. Because the waterways have been so changed in Montreal, it's really hard for even the insurance companies to figure out where it's actually flowing now. And so there are buildings at well, risk. Well, actually, well. at the CM... At- so it's, it's a, a big, it's a big issue, issue, but at the CMM level, I'm actually working on that because I'm on the commission, Commission de l'Aménagement, and we're looking at all the flooding zone across the whole like uh, metropolitan area and gr- the greater metropolitan area, actually, to see, to, to map it out so that we actually see the water flow. Yeah. Well, because that was... Ex- that's a good, good, good uh, idea because Lavelle just did it. And uh, I mean, mapping it, I don't even know when their maps soon. are going to be finished, but mapping it out is, is yeah, yeah, they're going to, oh, be they soon. are going to be good. Um, no, because, because people do not know anything no. about this. <laughs> the average person does not know anything at all. And I mean, I remember when I was talking about that big lake that's actually below the Turcot exchange that, that, you know, could cause problems. A train fell in there when the train tra- wow. tracks were being built. Um, I know that uh, one of my, one of my editors was horrified and, and thinking that I was talking about um, some sort of imaginary thing. <laughs> Ecology yeah. often seems that way to people sometimes. <laughs> So uh, I, I think uh, I'm really happy to hear that you're working on that as well. Um, I know yes, that it's got yes, to be but, a challenge. And I know that so far, so far Lachine is not, at a, is not a risk of inundation area. So I was like, oh, yay. So it's, we're okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, for Dunn, yeah, definitely we're higher. Is, we're so, high, I think. Because we're we, higher up. That's why. Yeah. Lachine has always... Lachine has always been higher. I've, I don't know if you've looked at some of the old maps, but that's where the common area was where they took all the animals to, to ah, drink. Okay, well, because well, because it's at the edge of Lachine. Well, because really the um, the rapids, right? There's rapids because there's an incline because we're higher than Verdun. So the rapids end. Yeah, I, they start here and they yeah. end in Verdun. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I'm glad that someone with some, uh, I'm sure you're pulling in other experts too. There's yeah, there's, a lot of I think really interesting about, experts. In I think the there's a area. $3 million was given from the uh, provincial government, from the last provincial government to do the mapping and to look also how all our, the barrage, you know, how, our, our, how do you say barrage in the dams, how mm-hmm. the, dams the dams can help and how they interact dams. with the waterways and what can be done to prevent the floods and how we can be resilient and you know it's a huge 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 issue and where should we build or not build you know should we build on areas that are one to 20 years uh flood zones or there's you know and the mapping will be done for 20 years 50 years and 100 years like the chances of it being flooded and some areas are are, right the same as every other Yes. Yeah, the same as the Laval. Um, I know that in Laval that caused a big problem because there are properties that have been in territories that have not been flooded since the dams were built, and some of them are quite old. So it is important to include yes. infrastructure in the plans because otherwise you're taking property value away from people who are, who who already have. Yeah, and there's, you know, something and there's there. 
I mean, that's the, yeah, that's and the challenge and there's with ways, this, right? Yeah, and there's also ways <laughs> you, to make, like, if you have, if you are built somewhere in the flood zone, you can make ways for the water to get in into the land, but to be redirected into into basins or lakes or so that you can actually kind of, it's how can I say, you're not stopping the water, you're letting the water come in, but in a kind of controlled way. So that's... That, that's what we're looking at the CMM right now. Right. How, and Europe is very much advanced in, uh, in, this, uh, in this area because they deal a lot with flooding. Well, I know that, um, uh, well, the new Marianopolis school, which is in the old, um, they, they actually have a gymnasium that has water flowing under it. Oh. I mean, the, the, there's an okay. entire river that goes under that property. So there are okay. experts in Montreal about this too, you know, yeah. people who've been dealing with it for a very long time. <laughs> But uh, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm, and, and what else has surprised you about your political I think life? What surprised me is that I'm still able to be the activist that I am within a structure. That's my biggest surprise. Is you know, usually you say when you you go into politics and you you'll change, you you will have to compromise, you will have to. But I don't feel that I, not yet. So far, I've been able to push things and and speak my mind and do things. And in ever since I was elected, there's been over 160 articles about Lachine and things I've said and done. And I've never really briefed anyone, or you know, like I've never. I'm 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 still alive, you know. I'm still <laughs> I'm still in politics, so that surprises me. <laughs> that surprises <laughs> me that I have this freedom. I have freedom and I have the capacity to do things. So it's like uh, win, 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 win. So, and I just don't want it to, to stop, you know, like how, and at one point it gets, you know, I can tell, I can give you an image at the beginning when I was an activist and working with a whole bunch of volunteers and we were trying to find solutions for things, I felt like, um, uh, a, a, a locomotive. I felt like a red locomotive, but I was going real slow and I was like, you know, working real hard to just move a couple of inches with all the wagons that were very heavy. And now the train is going very fast and I'm trying to keep on rail, you know, not to derail and, um, and it just to keep going. And there's like more and more wagons and where are we going to go? <laughs> where are we going? Uh, it's very exciting because there's the potential of great change wow. but well that's cool with with the speed comes responsibility and comes more i don't know how can i it, it's a it definitely more responsibility more responsibility with the position i have and a, a chance to do greater things but also a chance to uh, for error, you know, again, the risk, you know, so how to maneuver everything well in order to have the greatest gain for the environment and for all of us. Um, and then my second last question is the, um, how do you balance all of this, uh, both your activism and now your politics with, uh, family life and, uh, and, and, yeah. and just being, Healthy Very and, interesting and vibrant. <laughs> Yesterday, I had so much work to do for today, 
because today's council, the council at the town hall, and I have to speak about some things, and I wanted to spend the day preparing for it. And my niece came from Edmonton, you know, and my kids are working, and so I took care of my niece, and I <gasps> went to see my daughter, and I did not work. <laughs> I took time for them, and I think it's it's good, you know. And I went to bed, and I said, oh, God, I didn't, you know, my speech today is not going to be the best. But, right. Um, a compromise I think we have to make yeah 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 wow that's fabulous and then yes you know my last question is um do you consider yourself a Canadian oh I I most definitely do consider myself a Canadian especially now that I'm working on the Canadian Council for Zero Waste and I get to work with Canadians you know I was mainly in Montreal, and, and I worked up with, you know, people from Quebec City, but now it's people from Vancouver and people from Alberta and from Ontario, and I love them. I, I realize, like, they're so nice. You know, they hug. <laughs> we kiss in Quebec, but they hug. <laughs> and uh, it's a very genuine hug, and it's yeah. a very genuine, like, I don't know, there's a kindness. I think Canadians are very kind people and peaceful. And, um, but we're very far apart, you know, we're very, we're, it's a very big country and I have, I I feel very privileged now being on the council to meet them and to, we do a lot of Skype, um, uh, conferences and we, we work together by phone and, and then sometimes we see each other and they're very, very, very incredible moments. And I feel very much, I feel like this need for us to be more, cohesive and more united as a country because we're so small we're we're such a small country where there's so few of us that if we're separated we're not strong but if we're all connected we become strong so so to me that's a a huge issue and you know and I'm an immigrant so I was accepted by Canada and when I go to ceremonies recently I was invited as an elected official to go to um, when new immigrants become Canadians you know there's a special ceremony and I cry <laughs> I still cry <laughs> I go oh my god we're so good this is such a good thing that we accept all these people we should accept more people that's my point of view yeah where I came from Croatia. where did you come from I came and from when? Croatia and uh, I go back a lot so I feel very much you know, my kids feel very strongly, even if just half of them is Croatian, they feel very strongly that that's a, a part of that, them that they that they appreciate. And they, pre- they and of course, they're perfectly trilingual and they love Quebec. They love Montreal, Quebec and Canada. And um, but it's for me, it's I, I wish Canada was more like Germany, you know, like where Angela Merkel just said, you know, where she brought in a million people, a million Syrians. Um, cause she said, you know, we can do this and we need, we need a lot of skilled people. We, we don't have enough people, especially in Montreal. There's a lack of, of skilled, uh, workforce right now. So immigration should not be a problem for us. We should welcome it, especially people that are skilled. Yeah. So I definitely feel Canadian. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're very <laughs> thank you You're very, very much. Welcome. I really, really appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you and, for having uh, me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Thank you for listening to Unapologetically Canadian. This episode was brought to you by Notable Nonfiction. Notable Nonfiction teaches people to grow through their own ingenuity. Find out more at notablenonfiction.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.